It is. We praise your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. We thank you tonight for the word of God. And we thank you, Lord, for this time, this weekend, and this season. We pray tonight for a mighty and powerful move of the Holy Ghost. And that the Holy Ghost will open the word so we can receive what the Lord has for us. And we can apply what the Lord has for us. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated around the church tonight. Hallelujah. I'm going to start with one verse. So leave the last half. Of Acts chapter 20, verse 35, where the Apostle Paul, this is his farewell address to the churches of Asia, the eastern section, excuse me, the western section of Asia Minor. Here the Apostle Paul is giving his final charge to the leaders of the church. And what was his final charge? It was this. To remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. The church, in order to be a successful church, must be a giving church. There are three areas in which the church needs to actively give. First, finances. Second, service. Third, time. When the believers are giving these to the church, the church will be a success. The church will make an impact in the lives of the believers and in the lives of those in the community. Many of us, we are familiar with the concept of giving our finances. The Apostle Paul, he talked about openly the concept of sowing and reaping in context to giving. That when one gives, when one plants, they will receive a harvest of what they have given to the Lord. Yes, we believe in the concept of giving to the Lord. Why? Because it is in the Word of God. The Apostle Paul, he stressed it clearly. If you look at his ministry, if you look at the Apostle Paul, the Spirit at the beginning of the second missionary journey, the Spirit led the Apostle Paul to go to Macedonia. 
he did not lead the Apostle Paul to go to Greece first. He told him to go to Macedonia. As far as the economy was concerned, Greece was the place with the money. Macedonia was the place with the poverty. Yet what do we see? We see the Apostle Paul going to Macedonia, specifically the city of Philippi. And what happens when Paul is in Philippi? The Apostle Paul teaches, he preaches, he's thrown into jail, he's beaten, he's released, he goes to Thessalonica. Now, usually, when something like this happens, the minister wants to forget what happened in the last town, especially the beating in the jail part. Yet, in the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter, The Apostle Paul writes the following, chapter 4, and let's start with verse 15. Now ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. So what type of church was the church of Philippi? It was a church that was interested in what? Giving and receiving. This is the Apostle Paul's word. They gave to the Lord. They received what? A blessing of the Lord. Verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, he sent once and again unto me, My necessity. In other words, when Paul went to the next town, Thessalonica, what did the church of Philippi do? They collected an offering and they sent it to Paul to support the ministry. Let me drive home this point that the Spirit has for the church. It is incumbent on the entire church to give in the offering its tithe, its offering, its seed for the support of the ministry. If you look at the flow of the Old Testament, what do we see? Let's start when Abraham gave to Melchizedek. We know that Abraham tithed, but he tithed to who? Melchizedek, the priest of the Most High God. The first case of a tithe went to basically a minister of the time. Abraham gave to Melchizedek, priest of the Most High God. If you look at the concept of the tithe in the Old Testament law, It was there to support the priest and the Levites as they performed their service to the Lord. If you look throughout the New Testament, throughout the Old Testament, you are going to see the concept of giving and receiving. Let me throw in one more. 
when Elijah the prophet went to Zarephath, the woman began to do what? She gave all that she basically had to the support of Elijah and his ministry. The point of all this is giving for the support of the ministry. When a church gives, its first function is going to be for the support of the ministry. To keep the ministry functioning at all times. Are we together on this? Follow with me. Second Corinthians for a moment. Now let's look at chapter 11, verse 9, where it says the following. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man. For that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied. And in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you. And so will I keep myself. So what do we see? We see the church of Macedonia supplying the needs of the Apostle Paul. I know so many would start to say, well, when Paul was in Corinth, he worked with Aquila and Priscilla in the tent business, and that's how he made his income. Paul didn't say that. What did Paul say? He said in 2 Corinthians 11.9, And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man, for that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia, supplied. So how did Paul survive while he was in Corinth? The church in Macedonia met his Needs a church, missions-minded giving to the support of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Are we together on this? The church in Macedonia supported Paul while he was in Corinth by giving to his ministry. Let's stay in chapter 12. What does it say? Verse 13. For what is it wherein ye were inferior to other churches, except it be that I myself was not burdensome to you? Let's go back a page where we were, where Paul used the word burdensome unto you. In other words, Paul, if he made any mistake in Corinth, he did not teach this church about giving and receiving. In chapter 12, what does he say? It was a mistake. It was something he should not have done. The last line, chapter 12, verse 13, forgive me this wrong. As a church, we need to stress the importance of financial giving to the church. A tithe, 10%, not to the church, but to the Lord. We tithe to the Lord through 
the church. We tithe to Jesus. We are giving a love offering to Jesus. We are seeding to Jesus. We are doing this through the church which he established. Why? For the support of the ministry. Every part of the ministry, especially in these 21st century days, it really does require money. It does. The gospel is free. But operating a church, it takes money. To get the gospel out, it takes money. To meet people and be prepared, it takes financial resources. And this comes from the church, from the individual members of the church. But here's the good thing. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. That's the Gospel of Luke. That means it's Jesus who is saying this. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. When you give... What you have to the Lord. You will be blessed. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. What should we give? I'll make it easy. What the Spirit tells you to give. At that point. It's not just. About giving. It is about obeying. The leading. And the guiding of the Spirit. The Spirit. Will tell you what to give. And when you follow the leading and the guiding of the Spirit, the windows of heaven will be open and you will be blessed, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Are we together on this? First area of giving finances. The next two areas becomes interesting. Let me start with an illustration. Actually, this was a true account at the beginning of the U.S. Civil War. At the beginning of the Civil War, there was a military draft requiring those in the North, the Union side, to join the Army to fight in the Civil War against the Confederacy. There were many who did not want to serve in the army. So what they did, they paid a big amount of money to someone else to go and fight in their stead. To them, spending the money was no object. They didn't want to serve. And they spent what was necessary including someone sending someone else in their stead to go fight in the Civil War. That actually happened on many occasions 
during the course of the war. I would imagine once upon a long time ago, that happened quite on a normal basis. The point is this. They were willing to give, but they weren't willing to serve. Because serving is something they're not accustomed to. In a church, yes, we have been called to give financially to the church. But we have also been called to give our service to the Lord. The beginning of our reasonable service to the Lord is what? Forsake not the assembly of ourself together. The beginning of our service is to come to the house of the Lord, to come to church. The first level of service is congregation. Everyone who enters into the church, we are all congregation. Are we together on this? As congregation, the first thing, physical attendance in the church. When people drive by, when they look in the parking lot, they're going to judge your faith by whether your car is in the church parking lot or whether it's in your home driveway or the grocery store or somewhere else. They're going to know if you are a true servant of God, if you are at home on Sunday and not in church. They're going to conclude they talk a good game, but they are not true believers. Service begins with attending church. Service begins as congregation by participating in the service. In Acts chapter 2 verse 1, the believers gathered in one accord, meaning they were united in purpose. In this case, it was what? Prayer for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So, if the church is meeting together for the purpose of prayer, the whole church needs to be there ready to pray. When it comes to the worship service, worship is at its best, obviously one, when the Spirit is moving. But on our end, it's at its strongest when every person in the church is participating. You see, when we mention the word service, the word participation begins to be used. That means when it's time to lift up our hands, we lift up our hands. When it's time to sing, we sing. I know the line is out there, but I can't sing. I remember once 
when we attended, my family and I, a meeting where there was over 10,000 believers in Jesus. And none of us had ever sang together before. And the song leader did not even conduct a practice with any of us. But when we began to sing as a group, it is a beautiful sound. Imagine what heaven is going to be like when the millions upon millions of believers are there singing the song to the Lamb. Now imagine when everyone is singing in church. It no longer sounds like how many individuals in the building. It sounds like one. Because everyone is in service to the Lord by participating. Be it the song service. Be it worship. Be it whatever we are asked to do. Clean the bathroom. Mow the lawn. Clean the church. Whatever we are asked to do, we give in service to the Lord 100%. Then there are different levels where we have people who play musical instruments. People who work in the business end of the church. People who work in the media end of the church. People who are working giving the talent that God gave them to the church in service to the Lord. There are many you have been given a special gift, a special talent to the Lord. And in being in service to the Lord, you are to give that to the Lord. Your service means giving the talent that God has given you to the Lord through your local church. Are we together on this? Then there is the five-fold ministry. Those who God has called, we have been given a special service to the Lord. But the key word is service. To serve others. To serve Jesus. To serve the congregation. To be the representative of Jesus in the community. This is a service unto the Lord. Now everyone in the church, from the pastor to the newest convert in the church. Every one of us is congregation. We need to participate, serve as a congregation. For those set apart for different areas of service, we need to obey the leading and the guiding of the Spirit and operate in those gifts as God has called us to operate Are we still here?
Everyone has been called to give financially. Everyone has been called to give service. Number three. It's the one thing that in this society so many don't have to give according to themselves. And that is time. Time has always been the hardest thing to get people to give. Because time means that you're not doing something else. When you look at the New Testament, you see the giving of time in everything that we see. Let's go, for example, to when Jesus called Peter and James and John. I will make you fishers of men, follow me. And they left their boats and they followed Jesus. And we concentrate a lot on they left their business behind and we should. But they also gave every bit of their time to Jesus going forward. Every second of their time. Now if you look at those who followed Jesus. Granted, it might not be the 24-7 of the apostles. But in every case, there is a time commitment that is given by the people. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, the last part of that chapter. After the day of Pentecost, after the mighty rushing wind, after 3,000 souls came to Jesus. What do we see? Let's start. With verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Hold. By listening to the apostles' doctrine means they are giving their time to listen to the Apostles' Doctrine, the time aspect. Next, fellowship. Again, there's a time aspect to that. Next, breaking of bread. You have to physically be in church when communion is being given. Time. Prayer. The time aspect as a part of this. Everything that we see there goes back to prayer. Let's look at the night before Jesus went to the cross. We know that Peter, James, and John, they slept. They were told, pray. And we know what Jesus said. Couldn't you tarry one hour with me in prayer? This is also before the cross. Before the cross, they cannot give one hour to pray. But something happened once God 
raised Jesus from the dead. He breathed on them. They received the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We like to talk about Peter, James, John. You didn't give that one hour. But when they became believers in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection, after they received the initial infilling of the Holy Spirit, these guys went from spending less than an hour in prayer to spending ten days in prayer. Did we get this? Before the resurrection, these guys were asleep, could not even make it 60 minutes. After the resurrection, after the ascension of Jesus, no, the one hour was no longer a problem. Ten solid days. Why did they receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost? Yes, it was the promise of the Father. Yes, they prayed. Yes, they sought the Lord. But do not dismiss the time aspect. They gave their time to the Lord. And when you give your time to the Lord... The Lord will bless your time accordingly. Look what happened on the day of Pentecost. When we see on this day the disciples preach, we see how many people saved? 3,000? Imagine trying to reach 3,000 individually. Think how much time that would take. Let's say... The fastest witness, five minutes. So if you have to spend five minutes with 3,000 people, all of a sudden we're looking at 15,000 minutes. But because the disciples gave their time as part of the ten days, what do we see? An efficient use of time in a supernatural sense. In the time that they had on the day of Pentecost, in the short sermon that Peter preached, 3,000 was saved because the Holy Spirit took the time and basically made it so efficient, multiplying it, where all these souls, 3,000, were saved. The next chapter, how many were saved? 5,000. Now we're talking about 25,000 minutes if you give each five minutes. That's a lot of time. Yet what do we see? Because the Holy Spirit is moving. Because the signs and wonders are present. We see a divine and supernatural use of time. Seeing ministry done in such a fast fashion in such a way that would not have been possible without the Holy Ghost. Yet what was Peter and John doing before they preached to 5,000 people? They were coming 
to the temple to pray. They were giving their T-I-M-E to God to pray. And when time is given, there will be a more efficient use of time than we could have ever imagined at any point. The time we spend in the prayer closet. The time we spend in prayer, in study, in the Word, in church. This becomes vital. And I'm talking about following the leading and the guiding of the Spirit in giving the time to the Lord for Him to work in your life. But when you do, not only will you receive the blessings in the sense of what you are praying for, you will also receive a spiritual benefit in the use of time going forward. Now, this becomes tough because now the Spirit could be asking you to put the computer aside, to put the phone aside, to turn off the television, to set everything apart and give the time for the Word of God. So many When it comes to the Word, their heart is in the right place. But it becomes an issue, not of whether they want to study the Word, but whether they want to give the time to study the Word, to be in church, to be at an evangelistic meeting, to be at a revival, to be with the soul witnessing, to be with all avenues of ministry. The time concept. Yet, when the Spirit asks, and when we, in obedience, give our time to the Lord, what's going to happen? We're going to see our time blessed, pressed down, shaken together and running over. We will see our time become so productive, even in areas outside the church, that we will get more done in more efficient time because the Spirit is leading us in that direction. Are we still here? Let's start to wrap this up. We know from Mark Excuse me, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. That's pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When we give our finances, we will be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When we give our service, it will also be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. 
when you give, be it this, serving the Lord in church, or music, or business, or ministry, whatever God has called you to do, you will be blessed in doing this. You will be blessed in all areas of your life when you are giving service to the Lord. In time, pressed down, shaking together, running over, you will see a blessing in your time as well. As a church, heading forward, we are to stress the giving of time, service, and finances. This must be a core part of the church. When we give as a church our time, we will see our time blessed. When we give our service, we will see our service blessed. And when we give our finances, we will see our finances blessed. Now, I'm not going to stand here and start saying, everyone come and make a commitment. No, you're going to follow the leading and the guiding of the Spirit. The Spirit is going to lead you in what you need to give to this church. Oh, and understand something. This Spirit will ask you to give finances. He will ask you to give service. And He will ask you to give time. How do you know that? The Bible. From the very beginning all the way to the very end, people were giving finances, service, and time. That has not changed. So yes, the Spirit will be dealing with each and every individual believer, whether you are here, whether you are watching, wherever you are. Guaranteed the Spirit will deal with you regarding what you need to give in the way of finances, in the way of service, in the way of time. You're going to have to follow the leading and the guiding of the Spirit. Well, I don't want to. Then it becomes an obedience problem. And if you do not obey, then you'll have to deal with God. Because God wants us to obey so His church will function correctly. We can only give as a church when people are giving their finances, their service, and their time to the church. Then the church as a group, as a called out body, can give its finances, service, and time. But the Spirit tonight is asking each and every one of you to give all three of these things. Tonight is the call to yield to the Spirit. And when you yield to the Spirit, you will give what God has asked you to give. And when you do this, yes, you will be blessed. Press down Shaking together, running over. 
he is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's stand across the church tonight. Hallelujah.